And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, You know what the deal is today, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You know what's up. The great debate recap. Uh, Yep. What a night. Yikes. Anyway, I was joined by my good friend Alex Sears. Always a great time talking to Alec. Uh, We broke down... Uh, everything to do with last night's debate between President Trump and former Vice President Biden. Oh, yeah, it, it was a fun show. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Alec, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. All right, here we go. Here's my chat with the great Alex Sears. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Alex Sears. Alec, how you doing? Doing well, Brady. Glad to be here. So, uh, obviously, a big show today. We're going to recap the first presidential debate. Um, I got to tell you, I've been completely walled off from any commentary. So, like, I, I watched the debate. These are my thoughts. You know, I, I haven't read any articles. I haven't seen anything on cable news or, or anything, any podcasts or anything. So, this is just, you know, an unmolested assessment of what happened last night. Um all right, this is my, my my knee-jerk reaction is this is the worst debate I've ever seen, and everyone involved should be ashamed of themselves. A complete waste of an hour and a half. Obviously, we'll get into all of the specifics, but what I watched was an absolute disaster last night. <laughs> by, by far, both Trump and Biden's worst debate performances of their careers, and that's saying a lot. Um, I suppose if I had to pick a winner, I would say Trump. You know, he didn't lie as often as Biden. He didn't slur his words like like Biden did the whole night. But Trump was terrible, too, in my opinion. So, like, I don't know. I I can't I don't really think there's a real winner here. Well, uh, contrary to that, Brady, I had a great time. (laughs) Um, I thoroughly enjoyed all of it. Um, I think Trump had some good zinger moments. Um, I think at one point he made a sex joke. Uh, So that happened. And uh, Joe Biden, I think he overperformed uh, expectations, outperformed expectations. So good for him. Uh, he's been, you know, calling lids just about every other day. So he should have had a lot of practice in for this debate. And uh, he, he didn't, you know, he didn't pass out on stage. He didn't poop his pants or anything. So good on good on Joe Biden there. But, yeah, uh, I feel like, you know, most people were kind of going into this debate expecting some sort of civility, which doesn't exist anymore. No. And if you have realized that you're going into the debate like, hey, this is going to be hilarious. And that's why I had a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, look, I I think that is a good point, too. Like, the bar was set so low for Joe Biden that all he had to do is not die on stage. Yeah, I mean, he had to just literally survive physically. His life needed to not end last night, and he would have surpassed expectations. And I just don't understand that, man. What a huge mistake from both the Trump team and from conservative media. 
Like I like I don't know why they weren't talking up their opponent. I mean, you didn't hear like the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers the week leading up to the Super Bowl like talking about how their opponent sucks and they're going to win by five touchdowns. You know, you know what I mean? Because that would be great. Like, that's just not how it works. So, like, I just never understood that strategy of just, like, oh, yeah, Trump's going to blow him out. Joe Biden, he's basically dead anyway, and he has no chance. Like, I just, I don't know. I thought that was a just a horrible mistake by both the Trump team and just conservatives in the media. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. Um, honestly, they really should have just kind of let Biden's whole— uh, they could have set expectations really high with Biden's lid days and said, because, you know, the excuses were they're all debate practice. I don't think that was ever an official excuse from the campaign, but that's what all of his supporters were saying. So, yeah, it really could have done, gone the other way and, and showed, hey, here are all these lid days. Biden must be, you know, he's going to be top notch tomorrow. I'm going to have, you know, a heck of a time going at it. And that also would have put Trump in a better position to, to look better when he's going on the attack. Like, oh, if Biden's getting all this practice in and he's going to be stellar, I better be, you know, really on top of things. And when Trump definitely was on the attack last night, I think, honestly, it was Trump's one of Trump's better debate performances. Um, you know, you, if you're if you're calculating a debate performance on how often there's there's a quick quip or an interruption, um, you're you're not really calculating your debate performance well. Um Sure, when Trump debated Hillary, he was a lot more, you know, kind of calm and collected, but he's president now, doesn't need to do that. And, you know, there's a lot of things that Trump has a right to be angry about. You know, he has a right to be angry about the impeachment. He has a right to be angry about the the Russian investigation. He has a right to be angry about all the violence that's happening in these liberal cities. And I think kind of a lot of that came spilling out last night. And, you know, that's you know a little bit justified. Man, it's that's fascinating, dude. <laughs> like, it, it's funny. Like, uh, you know, we just had completely opposite reactions to watching this debate. Like, I, 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 I mean, I obviously Trump's anger is justified. I totally agree with that. But I just didn't think he articulated things very well. Uh, all right, before we get, in, we're both partisan hacks, obviously. So before before we get into our partisan hackery, let's try to be like as objective as possible. Just briefly here, like for both Trump and Biden, what were the moments that stuck out to you? if any, that each candidate, you know, were able to articulate an effective, like, policy point that could, like, swing votes in their direction? Like, for each guy, do you think there was a moment that stood out to you? Yeah, I think Trump absolutely nailed Biden on the law and order stuff, um, saying that if, you know, if Biden even says the words law and order, he's going to lose all of his far-left liberal base. Um, Trump did a phenomenal job of connecting Biden to the far-left, uh, and Biden— didn't have a great defense of that. He said, I am the Democratic Party, but we all know, you know, that's not true. He wasn't the favorite to win, you know, the primary. Right. He's no longer the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is sprinting to the left, and Joe Biden appears to be somewhat of a moderate, but it isn't actually true. You know, underneath all of his, all of his you know, moderate clothes, there's a rock-hard, you know, progressive liberal there who's campaign is being run by rock hard progressive liberals and you know i mean kamala harris is one heartbeat away from the presidency terrifying yeah um well not the presidency but potentially she could be uh if if biden and harris wind up winning this election 
Yeah, um, I think you're right. I, he also baited Biden into basically throwing Bernie Sanders under the bus <laughs> when talking about the you know the law and order stuff. And I thought that was fascinating. I'm sure like the the commie side of the Democratic Party can't be too happy about that. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know if I can pinpoint a great moment from Biden. I mean, really, he I mean he was cognizant, which is great for him. Um, but uh, he. You know, he didn't really have like a, a standout moment. He was the first one to to run towards name calling. He called Trump a clown, you know, within the first 10 minutes. Uh, it wasn't even Trump doing that. And for someone as concerned with rhetoric as Joe Biden is, who's supposed to be like the quote unquote normal candidate, he's uh, doing an awful lot of uh, Trump-ish things. Yeah, like that That was surprising. Um, I think people kind of forget how nasty Joe Biden is if you go back to you know, how he treated Paul Ryan, obviously Mitt Romney, the, the put y'all back in chains, you know, all that. Uh, he is like a, a a nasty knife fighter. You know, he's not this. I know the, the press are trying to paint him as like old, nice guy, old Uncle Joe. Isn't he nice? Like it was actually surprising that Trump did not get as personal as Biden did. He didn't. I mean, Biden told Trump to shut up. I mean, mm-hmm. not a great look telling the president of the United States to shut up. Uh, and you know, he was calling Trump names and stuff like that. Like Trump called Biden a socialist, but he didn't, he wasn't really name calling. Um, and so it was, I guess that is one, like I said, I wasn't a big fan of Trump's performance, but he didn't, he actually didn't go as low as Biden did, which was surprising. I mean, you expect Trump to just go right down into the gutter and start throwing haymakers. And it was actually Biden that did that first and more often. That's true. That's true. Yeah, um, I think I think Trump was was weak on a couple points there. He definitely could have come back with, you know, better statistics or, or focus more on his record. Like, oh, you're saying this about me, but here's what we've actually done, um, especially during the the race relations portion of the debate, which um, I mean, we all kind of saw coming. And it's and it's a crap show on either side. Um, but, I'm a, you know, Biden and Chris Wallace were trying to kind of nail Trump on, you know, this whole good people on both sides thing, which was absolutely taken out of context by the media and also, you know, saying Trump hasn't disavowed, you know, these these groups where, you know, just last week, his Justice Department labeled the KKK as a terrorist organization. No other president had has, uh, you know, gone so far. Yeah. And obviously all the press is focused on is the stupid white supremacist stuff. Um insane gaslighting by joe biden and chris wallace i mean they they told trump to denounce white nationalists for some reason even though he already has like fifty thousand times you know biden repeats the charlottesville uh charlottesville you know good people on both sides lie that's been thoroughly debunked um and then trump you know turns around and tells biden to denounce antifa and you know leftist terrorists and he wouldn't (laughs) he actually defended them he said that antifa doesn't even exist. It's just an idea. And then Wallace immediately shuts it down and changes the subject. I mean, it's like Wallace, Wallace it's, did that a couple of times during the bay last night that I specifically noticed. He did it with the Antifa thing. Anytime Trump would start to get on a roll talking about liberal cities and Antifa, um, it seemed like Chris Wallace. It happened specifically two times that I can recall. Um, but Chris Wallace would shut it down. Just the the shaping of the narrative by Chris Wallace, man, like. Let's be clear, 99.9% of political violence going on right now is coming from the left. I mean, mm-hmm. Antifa and Black Lives Matter are burning cities down and killing people in the streets, and this is what the press does. Like, this is their narrative, that it's the Proud Boys or whatever. I mean, this is it's absolutely pathetic. People forget that just, you know, 
within the last four years, there was an attempted, you know, there's an assassination attempt on a group of Republican congressmen and senators. Yeah. Yeah. By radical left wing Bernie Sanders supporter. The thing is, though, Trump did blow this like this was a huge opportunity. He did blow it. Of course, it's gaslighting. Of course, it's a ridiculous, unfair attack by Biden and Wallace. Of course, Trump didn't actually say anything wrong. He said, sure, yeah, you, you know, I denounced those people, but how about Antifa? You know, I, that's not wrong or racist or anything. But look, man, like it's still a blown opportunity. The press gives the any Democratic candidate in any race a 10-point head start, right? I mean, like the press being in the tank for the DNC means that the Democratic candidate is way ahead to start every race. The press lies. They gaslight. Trump knows this. Republicans need to be perfect to win elections because of the press. Like, they need to be perfect. Trump needed to seize on this opportunity, and he didn't. I mean, he should have made fun of the question, right? Like, he should have said, yeah, of course I denounced these 12 douchebags with tiki torches four years ago. Now does Joe denounce the tens of thousands of his voters who are terrorizing American cities? I mean, mm-hmm. like, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. I mean, the only time Joe Biden mentioned Antifa is to say that Antifa is an idea. They're not an organization. Basically, they don't even exist. Like, man, this party, this party, dude, like this party supports domestic terrorism. It is it is disgusting. And the fact that Chris Wallace wouldn't let Trump get a word in edgewise on, on the topic was just it was shameful. It was shameful. I was like yelling at my TV. Really disappointing Chris Wallace last night. I mean, I think, you know, folks even on on both sides and folks who like Chris Wallace a lot are saying, you know what, that was a very poorly handled debate. Um, Chris could have been a little bit more proactive. However, I know that he absolutely interrupted and shut down Trump like a preposterously more times than he did Biden. What was the figure you had? You had that. Yeah, Wallace interrupted Trump 76 times and interrupted Biden 15 times. That's inexcusable. And honestly, you know, both were doing their fair share of interrupting each other. So it wasn't like there weren't plenty of opportunities for Chris to kind of get a hold of Joe Biden. I just don't understand. And Wallace wasn't really letting them debate either. Well, I mean, well, they would let he'd let Biden interrupt Trump. And then when Trump would interrupt him back or try to fire back and, oh, OK, break it up, guys. You know, it's it, let, let's talk some more about Chris Wallace. Actually, <laughs> what an embarrassment. And I'm, I'm seeing some of like the never Trumpers on the right on Twitter, like defending Chris Wallace and stuff like, no, nah, man, no. I, I thought it was one of the worst performances by a debate moderator ever, um, like even worse than like some of like the crazy leftist hacks like on CNN and stuff. I thought it was that bad. And I like if we had a real free press, like if journalism still existed, I mean, Wallace would have to retire in disgrace. I mean, it was it was terrible. Like, I, I forget the exact I wasn't taking I should have been taking notes during the debate. But uh, there was some I'll probably misquote Biden here. But Trump said something and then Biden turns to Chris Wallace and says, oh, I'm I'm having trouble keeping up with all of Trump's lies. And Chris Wallace is like, oh, yeah, me too, Joe. I'm having trouble. It's like, man. Like, yeah. that, he should be fired, right? I mean, like, if if the press existed, if we had real journalism in this country, Chris Wallace would never be able to work again. Like, he was—I know that sounds hyperbolic, but he was really that bad. Like, it was in an absolute embarrassment. This is just all the more reason why we should have Joe Rogan moderate <laughs> at least one of the upcoming debates. The people I mean, want Joe. The people want Joe, not Biden. Rogan. Yeah, Rogan. <laughs> We need it. I mean, dude, look, like, I know we make jokes about how Joe Bo- Joe Rogan should moderate debates, but I'm not even joking anymore. No, no. I mean, like, 
100% serious. I would, I, and you know what? There was polling done. A majority of Ameri- Americans would watch a Rogan-moderated debate. I, because, you know, it's, it's sad, and you're right about the media. It's sad that we have to go to, you know, podcasters, these, these, these folks who are just, you know, they're running a radio show pretty much out of their basement. And Joe Rogan was a guy, he was, he, he was the host of Fear Factor. Like, he was, you know, a UFC guy. He was just, you know, in the media on, on like, Spike and stuff. He was just, like, a TV guy. And, you know, he's just got, like, this crazy, curious mindset. And it's a shame that we have to go to these kind of folk who, you know, just have basically what is, like, a pirate band radio station in their basement for any kind of honest, you know, journalism or not even necessarily journalism just honest conversations that's the great thing about joe rogan is he's so you know naturally curious that he he doesn't care necessarily who he's talking to he just wants to find out like what makes these people tick and like what they know and 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 gain that knowledge and he and he squeezes every last little bit out of every interview i mean that's what the role of chris wallace was supposed to be I mean, mm-hmm. f- figure out what the actual policy positions for each candidate is and let them articulate it however they want. You know, like, honestly, I know the audience gets tired of me saying this over and over twice a week, but, like, I truly won't feel optimistic about the future of the republic until the press is completely destroyed and replaced by something else. I, I mean, I, I'm 100% serious. Like, I'm not—like, I know that sounds extreme. Oh, old Brady, got it again. But, like, this is no way to exist— <laughs> in a republic like it's downright evil how much water the corporate press carries for the democratic party i i I get that we all know this i I get people on the right us conservatives libertarians we understand this and i know it's boring for me to keep pounding on this every single day but like chris wallace was such a disgrace last night he was such a disgrace like and this was fox news (laughs) like chris wallace is supposed to be this like mr moderate mr centrist or whatever it's going to get worse. You know, like the corporate press just needs to be destroyed. These people need to be run out of the industry. Every single mainstream journalist needs to be fired and replaced with people who care about the truth. Like we can't, we can't go forward like this. Like how we, we, we don't have a free press. It's, it's, we hardly have free and fair elections when the democratic candidate on every level from dog catcher up to, you know, presidential candidates start with a what? I mean, how, what would you estimate? the press gives each Democratic candidate in terms of a head start? 10 points? 15 points? Seven, seven plus points. They, they have to be. And there's, there's no way to exist in a democracy like that. I mean, it's... I, I know I say it all the time, but these people, like the Chris Wallaces of the world, all of them, they need to be fired, driven into retirement, and replaced with the Joe Rogans of the world. Like, I truly, I truly believe that. I know... It's like a meme that, oh, let Joe Rogan do it. Dude, I don't know, man. If Joe Rogan moderated that debate, it would have been substantive, at least as much as Trump and Biden are, are capable of substance <laughs> on a debate stage. It, it would have been a night and day difference for the better. And I don't know, man. The corporate press, it, it's just, I can't I can't even handle it. I, I could not handle Chris Wallace last, last night. I think you're right about the corporate press. Um, it's hard to find any kind of, you know, even slightly unbiased or, or truthful reporting. And that's what that's what kind of kills me about all of these, you know, these liberals going around and they're talking about early on in Trump's presidency, there was a term coined alternative facts. Alternative facts are absolutely like a real thing. It absolutely 100% matters where, what your sources is, what, you know, how they came to that conclusion, what their method was, 
and you know it goes all the way down to the to the very root i mean you can you can look you know two people can look at the same data set and come to two you know completely opposite conclusions and then you know one side will you know quote one paper and one side will quote another paper and they'll be absolutely opposing so they're absolutely and both of them could be considered factual so there absolutely is something all as alternative facts but the media want to completely have uh, like the patent on on all things truth like anything that ever comes from the media is true even when they have to issue ridiculous like like paragraph long corrections like the newsweek article on amy coney barrett last week talking gotcha. about talking about the the uh, you know her her catholic group that she's a, a member of and they had an issue a paragraph long correction you know even even you know 20 30 years ago that entire article would have been pulled and the reporter would have been like temporarily suspended yeah yeah i mean you're absolutely right and like another thing they did that chris wallace did last night to frame the debate in a, in a leftist direction was he completely avoided any topics that are friendly to the president I mean, it was all like all the debate questions, all the debate topics were like left wing talking points like they did not discuss foreign policy at all. It's like the world does not exist outside of the United States. They did not discuss it. I mean, they didn't. It, Trump didn't have any time to talk about any of his accomplishments, you know, defeating ISIS, you know, the peace deals in the Middle East, all this stuff like that didn't even come up. It was all coronavirus. You're a racist. Proud boys and wear a mask. And so it's like, okay, it, it was it was fascinating. Like, the, the things that actually matter the most to people weren't even discussed on that stage at all. Yeah, even this, you know, Supreme Court nominee that we have now, they spent, you know, one one full topic was dedicated to it, and they spent two minutes on it before they were completely derailed. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, Trump space does care about. We care quite a lot about Supreme Court appointments. We've had two great justices, and we're hoping to get a third. Yeah, and absolutely. We talked about it for two minutes. <laughs> yeah, pathetic. You know, it's it's funny because we we kind of had different reactions. I thought that Trump did not do well. I thought maybe he edged out Biden. You thought that Trump did much better than Biden, but the reaction from the left surprised me. I thought that they would completely just declare victory and uh, try to run, you know, try to build that momentum into you know some some movement in the polls. But it's funny the the left wing pundits and. Uh, and even politicians, their reaction as soon as the debate was over was to try to get the Biden campaign to pull out of the next two debates. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you saw this on CNN and MSNBC. Immediately, as soon as the debate's over, all the talking heads over there are like, oh, see, there's no reason for Biden to debate again. He shouldn't do it. He should refuse to debate Trump. There's just no reason. Just call off the other debates. And it's like, man, do they think that Biden just got blown out? It's like I feel like they agree with you, man. Because, like, that's not a position of strength. It's like literally like they're still walking off the debate stage and they're trying to convince Biden not to debate again. It's like, I don't know, that, that seems like a show of weakness to me. I think they think they lost. Uh, that may be true. Um, I think that may have been kind of the plan beforehand anyway, you know, regardless of the outcome, just because, right. you know, Biden, you know, he's 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 old and and not quite, you know, hundred percent and we can tell because of all the lid days they've called and you know i at that age you may be concerned of you know if you're standing under bright lights on a hot stage for you know an hour and a half uh, and going at it with you know one of the 
one of the loudest and, and bolsterous kind of debaters on a presidential stage in a long time, then, uh, yeah, you might you might be a little nervous being up there. One point, I, I like I said, I, I completely closed myself off to any commentary, so I did not read the article. But I read the headline, and some people in, in a group chat on Twitter were sent, sent it to me and explained what was going on. But uh, I, I thought this was a very good point that I hadn't thought of. Um, but I think it was also a, a bad strategy for Trump to fire up Joe Biden. Like when Joe Biden has his old man dementia moments, it's when everything's completely calm, and he'll just be like meandering around through sentences, and he'll forget what he's talking about and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. if you are suffering from mental decline whether it be alzheimer's or dementia if you're angry like anger focuses the mind so if you get joe biden fired up he's actually going to be able to focus much better on what he's talking about now if trump is completely calm let's biden talk i think in the next debate biden could just hang himself you know what i mean like if, if if i think the goal of the trump team should be that joe biden talks 75 percent of the debate because if he says everything he wants to say, he's going to say some awful things that could disqualify him from from being president. So I think it was actually a bad tactic to try to cut Joe off and to yell at him and stuff like that. What do you think? Uh, it's it's tough to take that chance because it's a it's a total gamble. Um, you know, Biden can have a good night and be 100 percent on. And if so, well, he just got, you know, like you said, 75 percent of the speaking time. Um and, and you don't want that, and Trump isn't just going to sit there and do that. Um, but I, I do think he can he can reel it back in a little bit. Um, we can have a little bit more conversation. I still had, you know, great time last night. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to get to this point. I don't know uh, if you've ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I have um, not. Douglas Adams. Uh, phenomenal read. Highly suggest it. But there's this kind of funny moment where one of the characters is – is the president of the galaxy. And you find out throughout the course of, of the book that, that, you know, he's spent most of his tenure in office in prison. And like the president of the galaxy is just supposed to be like this, this, you know, kind of like pop star figure that, that is flashy and, and is like a rock star and distracts everyone while, while bureaucrats in the back kind of do the real work. And I think that's kind of what we're headed towards. <laughs> <laughs> Where the president's just like the Queen of England, just kind of a figurehead who doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, but more flash. Right. I get that. You know, before we wrap it up, um, like I, I say this all the time, and that's why I don't really talk about the polls very much, because I just don't know what to believe. You know, like you see poll. I mean, they're they're just all over the place, man. You'll see a poll where. Trump's up in Michigan. You'll see a poll where he's down 14 in Michigan. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, both of those can't be true at the same time, and I have no idea what to believe and, and what to, you know, just completely disregard. But I, I do think that Trump is down. I think he's down further than he was at this point in 2016. Um, and like and like, like you said, you, you think Trump did clearly won this win this debate, but I don't think if he did win it, he won big enough to really shift the numbers, and he does need a couple moments. One of those moments is going to have to be in one of the next two debates where he does really blow the doors off of Biden and really make up some of that ground. Um, I, I don't think I mean, do you think he made up any ground at all by this performance? Do you think we'll see a shift in the polls even by a point or two? Or do you think he kind of did miss that opportunity last night? Uh, I don't even know if there really is an opportunity. Um, you know, I don't know if I mean, and anyone who's, you know, 
most of the country's already decided who they're going to vote for. They decided, you know, last year, pretty much. Um, they decided at the end of summer, like they're they're done. They're already locked in. Um, the like two or three million people who haven't decided, I don't even know if they would tune into the debate or not. And honestly, they're going to make up their mind like the last week or the last two weeks of this race. So I don't even really think it matters. I don't even really think there was an opportunity. I think that the election is going to be decided in about the last week and a half. There is a debate within that time frame, um, which, you know, is, it's a third debate. And, and Trump really should bring his A game to that. But, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I know several people who really just vote for whoever what like whatever party calls their house the least during election <laughs> season like that's how they base their yeah. vote on so you know in every election you're fighting over you know this tiny little middle ground and you know most of those folks already have made up their minds so so you're, you at this point Biden and Trump are basically fighting over scraps and uh, uh, honestly it's it's really not even going to be decided until the last you know week and a half so what you're saying is this election's going to come down to turnout. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. Looks like looks like the winner's going to be whoever got the most votes this year. Real uh, shock. It was funny. I uh, I saw on Twitter Frank Luntz, the uh, um, the pollster and the focus group guy. Um, he said his focus group, <laughs> his focus group that he was working with during the debate, the general consensus wasn't a move towards Trump or Biden, but that most people in his focus group decided that the debate made them less likely to vote, <laughs> which is just hilarious. That's hilarious. I mean, good, good for those people for being on it. They're like, screw this, man. I'm, I'm staying home. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a maybe that's a good thing. I think less people should be voting anyway. So I guess that just warms my heart. Yeah, let's bring it back to to landowners only. I, I unironically advocate for that. <laughs> I, I legitimately do believe you should have to own property to vote in the United States. I think the founding fathers got it right. I mean, not now that now that you know, obviously, blacks and women and and people like that are are equal and have equal rights. Now I think. It could be workable originally, not so much. We'll see on that. Alec, my brother, thanks for doing this. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Uh, where can everybody keep in touch and follow you online and all that good stuff? Yeah, check me out on Twitter. That's the, the main place, at Alec underscore Sears. Everybody follow Alec. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. <laughs>